Good afternoon, everyone. It's Dr. Niger again with our next episode of Psychology Unplugged. Uh, happy Father's Day to all the fathers that listen to our program. A uh, special Happy Father's Day to my dad, who was the inspiration and catalyst for me starting this podcast. Um, Julie and I are very humbled, as I say every week, by the amount of followers that we have, and we're getting a little better at our Instagram account. Thank you for the feedback. Uh, Julie's posting more. Uh, I'm doing the Springsteen stuff, as you can probably figure out, and Julie's doing, but I'm, I had some of the other stuff in. Um, but a, again, a, a heartfelt appreciation to everybody who listens to this program. And I know, like I said, there's a lot of professionals uh, and students who kind of use this program as a learning tool and people just in general. So it's a, it's a really wide audience. And uh, I do my best uh, to be as organized as I can. It's just my mind works where it kind of goes off in tangents. Uh, but I've been more diligent about um getting prepared and having notes um <clears throat> to get I got maybe a more organized approach and uh Julie's here but I'm not sure if she's going to pop on or not cuz she just sometimes mysteriously tells me to move and start speaking about something um all right so one of uh another personality disorder one that I have alluded to multiple times uh, one that I have diagnosed multiple times, and something that uh, our culture seems very fascinated with, uh, from movies to documentaries to uh, different series, antisocial personality disorder, um, which can also be referred to as, as psychopathy, sociopathy, or dissocial personality disorder, uh, you know, sociopaths, psychopaths, uh, antisocial. Uh, this is a this is an interesting one, and not every person with antisocial personality is a criminal. And there's a common misconception that crime has to be part of uh, you know the diagnostic picture. Uh, a lot of individuals who commit crimes have antisocial personality disorder or definitely antisocial personality tendencies. But I will walk you through um, what are the diagnostic tendencies. Now, as I've said in many of the episodes on personality disorders, that nowhere in the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, currently in the fifth edition, does it say that a personality disorder cannot be diagnosed prior to the age of 18. It explicitly says that in the manual. Um, with the exception, however, of antisocial personality disorder. And that is not a clinical reason. It is a legal reason because at the age of 18, at least in the United States, you could be tried as an adult. So um, Russell Barkley um, is one of the preeminent, uh, one of the most profound researchers, researchers in the areas of, of uh, ADHD. And his research has been linked very heavily and, and proven over and over again that the precursor to antisocial personality disorder is attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, generally the hyperactive type or the combined presentation. And I'll kind of explain that model a little bit um, in a while. 
So for a diagnosis of antisocial personality disorder to be made, and the MMPI is great at being able to pick this up. There's a very specific sale, scale on the clinical scales called psychopathic deviant. Uh, the content sale, scales, supplementary scales, content component scales. Um, they also give additional information about an individual's response profile that can really help um, in assessing for psychopathy and antisocial personality disorder. So th this is a pervasive pattern of, of for violation of the rights of others, pervasive disregard for the violation of the rights of others that has to occur before the age of 15. And there's seven criteria, but to meet the diagnostic criteria, an individual has to meet uh, three. Okay, let's see if I can remember writing here. One, failure to conform to social norms with respect to lawful behaviors is indicated by repeatedly performing acts that are grounds for arrest, whether or not they are arrested. They're just performing behaviors that would qualify as a direct violation of a law. Two, deceitfulness, as indicated by repeating uh, lying, using aliases, uh, conning others for personal profit or, or pleasure. Um, what was the show that we watched? Um, the Tinder, what? Oh, the Tinder Swindler. There'll be there'll be a good example of of somebody that that meets that diagnostic criteria, if not the actual disorder in and of itself. Uh, three, impulsivity or failure to plan ahead. Uh, four, irritability and aggressiveness, as indicated by repeatedly getting into physical fights or assaults. Number five, reckless disregard for the safety of themselves or others. Uh, six, consistently irresponsible, as indicated by repeated failure to sustain consistent work behavior or honor any kind of financial obligations. Uh, and seven, lack of remorse, uh, indicated by being indifferent to or rationalizing having hurt, mistreated, or stolen from one another. All right. Sounds, uh, you know, so you look at people like uh, Ted Bundy, uh, Charles Manson, you know, the, the, you know, you seem to have this fascination with um, uh, serial killers and psychopathy. We, we, what we also find is these individuals tend to be very charming. Um so the, the, the essential feature, really, of antisocial personality is this pervasive pattern and disregard for the violation of rights in others that really begins in, in, in childhood and early adolescence and continues into an adulthood. So in Russell Barkley's model, you, you take the kid who's uh, incredibly hyperactive, uh, annoying, uh, may, may or may not be medicated, may or may not be on an individualized education program or specialized schooling. And the, the, this, the child or the adolescent is so motorically dysregulated that they start to bother other kids. And as the peer groups start to form into, you know, the, the sports players and the, you know, the cheerleaders and the, the math club and so on and so forth. Um, the kids with, with the hyperactive and combined type of ADHD, they, when they become ostracized, who do you think they're hanging out with? They're hanging out with the other kids who've been ostracized. 
Then that leads, and there's a high comorbidity between ADHD and oppositional defiant disorder, which is where you see a lot of the behavioral dysregulation. Uh, after oppositional defiant disorder, when a child or adolescent starts to break the norms of society, they have the diagnosis of conduct disorder. Conduct disorder then turns into antisocial personality disorder once the individual turns 18. So early identification and treatment of the behavioral problems of ADHD, I would say even, you know, the hyperactive type and the combined type being at an elevated rate or risk for antisocial personality disorder, I would also include the inattentive type because you can never tell, but there is a strong correlation uh, between ADHD and antisocial personality disorder. All right. Uh, because like deceit and manipulation are, are essential features of antisocial, it, it's really, it's especially helpful to integrate information from a clinical assessment when you're gathering information to really get a, a pretty detailed background, especially if you're sitting with an adult to get that historical context. So, so you know, somebody just you know, robs a bank doesn't necessarily make them, uh, you know, that that's, uh, you know, a crime, but that doesn't necessarily make them or, or you know, impose the diagnosis of antisocial personality disorder on them. Uh, so like I said, for, for this diagnosis to be given, an individual has to be uh, at least 18 and have a, had a history of conduct disorder before 15. So they're breaking rules and violating norms of society prior to age 18. That is a, the crucial um, diagnostic feature of this disorder. Uh, so Conduct disorder, just backing up a second, really involves a repetitive and persistent pattern of behavior where pretty much with the antisocial, the basic rights of others or age-appropriate social norms or rules are violated. Uh, the behaviors of uh, characters of conduct disorder uh, really kind of fall into what I wrote here is four categories. Uh, aggression to people and animals, destruction of property, deceitfulness or theft, uh, or serious violation of rules. And, you know, one of the questions I asked during the structured diagnostic clinical interview is any history of animal cruelty or fire starting behavior? And most people are kind of like aghast when I ask them that, or I, I ask even an adolescent that question. And just from, you know, anecdotally from clinical experience, uh, individuals who answer yes to this question, uh, they really don't show a lot of remorse. Um, usually when it comes more towards the animal cruelty, uh, putting the cat in the microwave or chopping up, you know, the neighborhood bunny, stuff like that. All right. So the, but the pattern of antisocial does continue into an adulthood and, and again, the failure to conform to social norms, there's no respect for lawful behavior. Um, Again, like I said, they, they can perform acts that are grounds for arrest independent of whether or not they are arrested. Uh, people with this disorder, they, they just they have a complete disregard for uh, the wishes, the rights, the feelings. Um, and and they're, they're so deceitful and manipulative. It's all about gaining their personal profit or pleasure, uh, obtaining money, sex, power. Um, the, they're also incredibly irresponsible, um, significant periods of unemployment, uh, despite, you know, maybe having a good education or available job opportunities, uh, abandoned 
abandoning several jobs without any kind of realistic plan for getting another job. Um, repeated absence from work that aren't explained. Uh, lying, lying, lying is prevalent throughout the, with, with individuals with this disorder. Um, lying to the point where I think sometimes the individual can't really differentiate fantasy from reality uh and they tell one lie to cover up another lie and that just snowballs uh into a whole mess of things so individuals with antisocial personality disorder really they lack empathy uh they're callous they're cynical uh they're contemptuous of the feelings rights and sufferings of others uh they they have a perpetual chip on their shoulder and, you know, lack of empathy is a pretty, you know, significant thing, and you, which you also find in pediatric bipolar disorder. Uh, it's not in the DSM, but research has found this to be true. In pediatric bipolar disorder, uh, lack of empathy and purposeful violence. Um, the lack of empathy is sometimes referred to as pseudo-delusions of grandeur. Um, so for anybody out there who treats or works with kids or you see this in your own child where there uh, may have, you know, mood lability, which is really mood instability, uh, lack of empathy and purposeful violence can be indicators of pediatric bipolar disorder. Um, so other features with, with individuals with this uh, an, inc an incredibly inflated and arrogant self-appraisal and they, they feel that ordinary work is beneath them. And they lack any kind of realistic concern about their current problems or the future. Uh, incredibly, incredibly opinionated, uh, self-assured, very, very cocky. Uh, you know, you know, so as you can back up a second, this disorder is also in the same group as uh, the cluster B personality disorders. This is in the same group as the histrionic, the borderline and the narcissist. So it's not uncommon that you're seeing some of these traits that I've talked about in other episodes are also kind of, some of the symptoms are really kind of crossing over into others. Like I talked last week about paranoid personality disorder that has a high comorbidity, meaning it can coexist simultaneously with um, borderline and antisocial can coexist uh, simultaneously. That, that extreme lack of uh, trust and uh, you know, perpetual paranoia and fearfulness. So again, you know, this, 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 uh, you know, this uh, being opinionated, self-assured or cocky sounds very much like the narcissist, right? Um, so these individuals, they, they made it, they, they display a glib superficial charm and can be quite, um, they can be quite verbally facial, um, they they use technical terms or jargons that 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 impress people who aren't familiar with the topic. So you know if 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 you're uh, talking to somebody who has no knowledge about sailing, um, but you purport that you have knowledge or you collected or you read an article about it, you would you would see that person engaging in a topic knowing. So they're good at reading people. Antisocials are very good at reading people. And especially the cluster B personality disorders, I think, are good at reading people. doesn't mean they read them accurately, but they are constantly on guard because in all four of these disorders, the antisocial, the borderline, the histrionic, the narcissist, there is a very, very fragile uh, self-esteem. And in, in, in antisocial, there is a self-esteem different than the narcissist where it's really vapid and there's nothing there to work with. 
until they hit rock bottom. So the the antisocial, well, you see like people like like Bernie Madoff. That was that's a good example of antisocial personality disorder. Uh, the other kid, whatever that other company was, um, I forget what his name is. Who? Uh, remember that name is Julie. He did the, did the scam. Like that's that's antisocial because there's a charm about them. There is an allure to them. How do they? How, do, how are they convincing people to give them? Tens of thousands, if not millions, of dollars. Um, but the lack of empathy and the inflated self appraisal and the superficial charm—they're—they're um, they're common. Of, of you know, Ted Bundy was incredibly charming. Um, you know, so there has to be. Uh, but there's 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 there is a method to the madness, and there is. Um, there is a self. It's a, there's a self-serving need, and again, there's all four of these disorders operate within the framework of a very, very fragile ego. So you know, the goal of manipulation and impressing other people serves to bolster an already fragile ego. So again, being on guard and reading people, and they're going to read people who they can, who they can really pretty much take advantage of. Uh, they're going to stay away from people who are going to call their bluff. So this is you know. Uh, similar to the narcissist, this is like Oz. Uh, they fear that Toto is going to pull the curtain because in reality, there's nothing there. Um, they These individuals also, um, what did I write here? Uh, oh. uh, so criminality is, is not, um, is not, a requisite requirement for everybody to have a diagnosis of antisocial personality disorder, although a vast majority of people uh, who have criminal histories, and that's why there is a high recidivism rate, um, these individuals are incredibly irresponsible and very exploitative in sexual relationships. Uh, they have histories of multiple sexual partners, and very few have ever ma maintained a monogamous relationship. Uh, they're incredibly irresponsible as parents, uh, as evidenced by like malnutrition of their child and illness of the child resulting from a lack of just minimal hygiene, uh, a child's dependence on neighbors or other relatives for food or shelter, uh, failure to arrange for a babysitter or caretaker when they're away from home, uh, just spending money, you know, that's, that's needed for household chores or just uh, mortgage or rent, um, so, I mean, this, again, here's that pervasive pattern. It's not just occurring in the context of maybe engaging in an act against that, that violates social norms, but it's also neglecting, you know, responsibilities as, as a parental figure. Um, you know, these individuals, and again, I'm, I'm generalizing here, may have, you know, seven kids with seven different women and don't pay child support and don't care and feel that they have no responsibility. And it's, you know, it, this is like a classic, it's not, it, it's you, not me. This, this is, this is their mindset. And they see the world as this hostile and angry and dangerous place. And if you stem back to the kid who's ostracized, but with, with the hyperactive or, or, uh, or any, or just ADHD, a, are they justified? I maybe I don't know, um, but I, I say justification does not equal explanation or rationalization. But if you've built up a negative attitude towards the world as being a hostile, angry place as a child, and it never goes corrected, and it never goes 
uh, it goes unchallenged, it is going to manifest into a personological structure that was something like narcissism like antisocial, like borderline, like histrionic. So early identification, and that's why I'm such a strong advocate of the the sooner you get in to get tested to know what the diagnosis is, the easier it is to treat. And when you have these behavioral problems in children and adolescents, you have to implode them and the family with all of the services, uh, in-home therapy, therapeutic mentoring, individual ther- therapy, uh, psychopharmacology. And I, I, I cited the work of, of Ross Green, uh, is out of Cambridge, the explosive child. If you have a child exhibiting any of these type of behavioral problems, don't wait until they're you know they're 15, 16, 17. Get it early on. It's there. It is there. And again, not to scare anybody out there, but if you if you or your child has ADHD, but I'm not sugarcoating things because I'm talking about this is reality, and I see this as a professional in this field, and and you can you wonder how did this person get to be this way guess what when i give all the background information it all makes perfect sense um so again individuals with antisocial uh they really experience uh dysphoria which is they're unhappy uh they, they complain of tension irritability uh inability to tolerate boredom and they can often have a depressed mood um there's anxiety disorders depressive disorders substance use disorders semantic disorders gambling disorders impulse control disorders these are all common and comorbid with individuals with antisocial personality disorder again they're coming from a very fragmented sense of self, very similar to the borderline, similar to the histrionic, similar to the narcissist. But there's very, there are differences between all four of these disorders. But the sense of self being so fragmented is really the the the, the, the core. I think I would I say the core. Uh, characteristic of the four cluster b personality disorders um but people i think i I wanted to really focus you know make a distinction that not everybody with antisocial is a criminal but these are self-serving individuals that have no empathy and no regard for anybody even though they may feign it and put on the face or the veil that they do care uh, you know, they'll, they'll stand with the Bible in their hand at church and then, then beat the crap out of their spouse as soon as they get in the car because they have to present themselves in a very specific way to the world. And it's about maintaining image. It's about the clothes they wear, the, the cocktail they order, uh, even whether or not they have the money even even pay for it. There was another movie that we watched uh, with the girl. What was that one? Uh, the girl where she was taking money from everybody and living that lavish life. Oh, yeah. She was based on a true story. She was Russian. Uh, she was, no, she was Russian or... It's on Netflix. It's on Netflix. But that's a good example of somebody with well, anti... We're not giving a good example, but I'm saying that, you know, that the there are individuals... I, I know the Tinder swindler. That's a good example. I would diagnose that as antisocial. Um... But I think, I wish I remember the name of the other one, but it's really good. But these are different examples as, as opposed to watching, you know, like, say, Saw or, you know, Friday the 13th or, you know, the typical, you know, horror 
you know slasher movies uh does that mean they have antisocial i don't know i'm not i'm not diagnosing them but i'm saying that kind of depicts like that darker side of humanity and what's interesting is you know we were drawn to that for some reason which kind of you know makes me question like what about that uh you know i don't have an answer but you know what what about that attracts us to that to, to these documentaries of serial killers and uh, I remember, you know, going on the Jack the Ripper tour uh, when I was in London years ago, and uh, it was it was fascinating. And um, you know, it, it it's uh, it's it's a methodical. You know, when you get into that, you know, the, like the, that type of uh, psychopathy. Uh, what I find very interesting is in those individuals. You know, your your serial killers uh, is the ability. To sustain immediate gratification, uh, that they can go for days, months, years, um, and sometimes it's it's just that that the the lure and the planning and all that that goes into it. But uh, we definitely have a fascination in in the United States with with these types of movies, these documentaries. Um, but it does show a very dark side of human behavior. Um, and part of the human condition is all of us are capable of engaging in these behaviors. Um, what separates those that do and those that don't? Um, there sometimes could be physiological reasons. Um, you know, when you, you know factors, you know, substance abuse into it. Uh, you really have to differentiate. You know, even though a lot of individuals with antisocial uh, will use substances, you know, these behaviors really need to occur uh, when the individual is not under the influence uh and that 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 that's pretty much a given for all the psychiatric disorders except the substance use disorders that you know you know the, these behaviors do not occur in the middle of a you know a psychotic episode or in the middle of like act, act, active uh substance use um so individuals with antisocial personality as i've said kind of last week um they can also meet criteria for other personality disorders, uh, particularly borderline, histrionic, and narcissistic. Um, not surprising. Um, but again, you really need to have that early onset of behaviors. This doesn't occur... Um, it doesn't occur, you know, just pop out, you know, be, you know, 40 years old. Uh, maybe if you have, uh, you know, major neurocognitive disorder due to, you know, frontal lobe... Um, injury, uh, you know, classic study of Phineas Gage, whose actual skull and the railroad spike is in one of the Harvard museums, you know, where there's a physiological change that can take an individual and completely turn them into, uh, you know, like, like, a, like a Jekyll and Hyde. Um, so, uh, Antisocial personality disorder does have some genetic components to it. Uh, is definitely more common in males than females. Although I remember in school, uh, professors who specialize in forensics uh, made a really interesting point that many people die that men are generally overdiagnosed with antisocial personality disorder when in reality it's borderline. That I do remember very clearly. Um, and then you know it it it's um, it's it it it's it's a it's a scary disorder. Um, it's 
difficult. No, it's not difficult to treat, but it's it's difficult to get somebody um, to engage. And usually they will get into treatment uh, because of the substance use, because of there may be a comorbid mood disorder like bipolar, depression, anxiety. So they're not immune to that. But again, being personality, this is the framework by which they navigate their lives. Oh, no, you? I was just going to add a couple things that just based on um, something that I have watched on television that really depicts um, sociopathy. Um, I think it's called um, We Have to Talk About Kevin or something. There's something wrong with Kevin or that we have to talk about Kevin. And Tilda Swinton, right, was in it with that yeah. uh, guy from Step Brothers. The Step guy from Step who's typically a comedic actor, but... Um, and if you haven't seen the movie, it really does show sociopathy in, and I can say that just, I'll, I, I'm just putting this out for an example, and actually, you know, a very poignant one. Um, very early on, um, they showed that this boy, uh, he had a younger sister, um, he used to be cruel to animals, um, but he had a very, he had a, almost like an apathetic, total lack of empathy, but just an absolute chilly presentation. And you, if you meet someone like this, they can be very charming, but there's a vibe. It's almost like, um, it's like there's nobody there. Uh, and, and you can see it sometimes in their eyes. I noticed this. Um, so anyway, this this story. If you if you watch the the movie, I don't know if it's based on a true story, but it certainly could be based on a true story with the school shootings um, that happen um, in the United States. Um, but this kid, and I don't want to be a spoiler, but um, the kid just has a very 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 cold relationship with his mother. He doesn't love his mother. He 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 seems to hate his mother. Um, hate is actually not even indifference. So um, hatred is a feeling, right? Um, I guess it's what love going in the opposite direction. I don't really know, but hate is generated by feelings. Um, but it's just a whole like watching him go through life and the things that he would do. His behaviors were so off the off the charts. Um, just uh, just. He almost seemed like pure evil. Um, the father in the movie did not see it um, as the mother did. The mother sensed something. Her intuition sensed something's not right. Um, but the father was just like, oh, no, he'll come around. And he was like super patient and the sister, whatever. I encourage you to watch the movie not to, it's, it's extremely disturbing. Um, so if you're already feeling not okay, don't watch the movie. We watched it, and I had no idea what was coming. So I thought it was about something completely different. Um, and then I was just so completely shocked, and it's just, it was, I was deeply disturbed by it. But it was classically a uh, sociopath who, you know, wound up very methodically over time, um, ha ha you know, shooting uh locking people in a gym and shooting people. And it's just a, his uh, classmates. 
Um, so it, it was it, it's deeply disturbing, but it gives you an idea of what the, these types of uh, human beings are like and how they go through the world. Um, so one other story I did want to share um, way back when when I was actually a therapist and I was working on an inpatient unit. I was working in like a unit that was um, geared for adolescent boys who had been um, in DYS. So boys, adolescents who had been, you know, obviously had uh, violence, uh, criminal history, um, uh, or misunderstood diagnostics that led to behavior which led them in trouble. Um, But there was one one kid in particular, a male, and I will never forget as long as I live, um, there was a vibe and I was working with him and I would never disclose the name. I could never even remember his name, but I'll never forget what he looked like and I'll never forget the way he looked at people, um, even when he was sitting in a room staring out into, you know, space on the unit. I was just very taken I, I had never seen anything like that before. Um, he was trying to slowly kill his mother with poison, um, methodically, and and was found out. Subsequently, he wound up on the inpatient unit from DYS, but that's why he that, that's what led him into DYS. But there was this group and the psychiatrist that I worked with at the time, he was really, really good with adolescents, and he, I thought he was quite brilliant in his own right. But um, I learned a lot from him, and I would just sit in his groups and observe. And, but there was this one day where this kid, this adolescent, just started becoming tearful. And when he was talking about... Um, you know, his his experience and why he was on the unit and all that. He couldn't wait to get off the unit. But um, I will never forget that because I said to my mentor at the time, uh, the doctor, the psychiatrist, I said, you know, how can you look at him? I mean, he's crying. He obviously feels bad. And he said, don't be fooled. He said, don't be fooled by that, Julie. That That is classic. That's a classic sign of sociopathy because sociopaths can be extremely, extremely persuasive and they can be very manipulative and they can come off as somebody who's very highly intelligent, like Cor said earlier, and um, engaging. Um, Sometimes, you know, they could be very good looking people. You never know. But there, and I'm trying to remember that show where it showed the female. She was actually, it was an amazing show. It was um, that the that uh, she was from the the bleach blonde from that the Ozarks. Oh, from the Ozarks. Okay, she is the bleach blonde kind of redneck girl who is like the the star of Ozark, and she's a great actress. I don't her name escapes me. But right after Ozark, she, or simultaneously toward the end of Ozark, she made this document, not documentary, but it was on Netflix. Based on a true story. It was based on a true story. But she was the classic sociopath. And it was fascinating to see a woman, because I think in our lives, in the movies that we watch, quite generally, it usually winds up being a male. Um, 
So, and also there's another image, I think, and of the late, I think it's the late Heath Ledger, who was an amazing actor. Um, and he played the Joker. And I think I've said this before in the episodes. If you see the difference between someone who is a sociopath, a true sociopath, they'll shoot anybody in their way or they'll harm anyone who's just in their path and they won't look back. So, but with people who like, I hate, I hate talking about this topic. I, I'm, I'm not, you know, a big fan of it. I don't think it's good vibes, but, but I think it's necessary to see like the difference between, whereas someone who is a is sociopath, but also serial. Like when you see all these serial killers, oh my God, they're all over the place and they're trending and they're, they're very, very popular um, since the pandemic, I think. Um, a lot of people are very, very um, amazed by them, I think, because they just look at people like that and they're like, oh my God, like how could you pot? It's fascination based on how unconscionable these people behave. Um, but with the, the difference between a serial killer is that they care. That's obsessive compulsive disorder. So there is a difference. And I, we, we haven't tested everybody that, you know, is out there and who presents with these kinds of presentations. Certainly not. And could you pick it up at first glean? Probably not. But they prey on people who are vulnerable. They prey on people who are naive. And they prey on people who are innocent. Um, and who are very vulnerable. Um, but the, so, the serial killer part, um, if you look at like a movie like Seven with uh, Morgan Freeman. And Inventing Kevin Anna. Smith. Inventing Anna, that's the series. I think it's on Netflix, I believe so. If it's online. on Hulu, it's on Netflix, it's on one of them. Um, it's, a, it's a really great series, you should check it out. The other one is Seven. Um, Seven is just basically about a, a serial killer and Kevin Spacey. I know he's been canceled. I think he's a brilliant actor. Um, but how the, the methodology and the obsessive compulsiveness of the, the, just the complete obsession with something, whether it's an act of something representing something that has deep meaning for them, and they acted out through this behavior. But it really is uh, a fascinating line between if you see the Joker going into the bank, just aimlessly shooting at people, not even looking, or shooting people in cars. You know those people, you've seen them. Probably more like um, the, the who's the antagonist in the Equalizer? Not the Equalizer, uh, the Terminator. Good. Antagonist. Yeah, there's the guy who's like he's he's a sociopath. He just goes around and shoots. The Terminator. I thought he was a good guy. No. What about the cop? The cop that melts into the is that a totally different? Yeah, that's a, no, he's, they're killing was, people. Yeah, but, but the cop robot. is that's his. All right, don't. That's a real robot. Who's a robot? The Terminator. Arnold Schwarzenegger's a robot? Yeah. Oh, oh, oh God. You know what? I'm I'm signing off. Just I'm done. Clearly, don't listen to me, guys. Anyway, uh, love you guys. Thank you so much. Thank you for if you if you see the um the Wild Beauty uh documentary, great. I just wanted to put that out there. Um 
you know, I wasn't trying to, you know, suggest that people donate money, although I think that creating awareness, and we're going to take that somewhere over time. I have plans. So um, I have plans to really hopefully raise awareness about all of these beautiful horses so that we can make equine therapy a real thing, which it is a real thing, but really a thing that's available to everybody. That would be lovely. So, um, yeah, equine therapy is actually an effective stop, is, is actually an effective technique uh, that I've recommended for a lot of kids with behavioral problems and helping them learn and develop and foster a sense of empathy. Uh, so Julie went and actually toured a farm, uh, one of the towns um, close to us, because uh, we're right on the, on the water. And um, so, you know, equine therapy might be something that uh, we expand our own clinical practice into. Um, but my passion is for diagnostics, and that's why it's so crucial to get testing because, you know, antisocial is a very distri- – yeah, Ventigana is a really good one, the Tinder Swindler. I think it'll give you a good picture of the charm, the deceitfulness, uh, the – uh, smoke and mirrors uh, of antisocial, but it really does stem early childhood. Remember, personality crystallized between five and eight years of age. Um, belief about yourself, other people, the world around you, the conclusions that you draw. Um, so, again, a lot of crossover between antisocial, borderline, histrionic, and narcissistic, um, and all those really that, that, uh, fragmented sense of self more so in in the um in the antisocial so not to scare everybody out there whose child has adhd but um definitely earlier interventions can circumvent the proliferation and manifestation of of serious behavior problems like uh antisocial is is, no it's not it's not that it's not that you know julie's saying it's not it's, it 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 tends to be diagnosed more in in a lower socioeconomic group, but it also can be found in a very high socioeconomic group. Um, this is not an incredibly common disorder. Um, you know, people have these. Uh, it, it, it it's a definitely a, a viable disorder, but I mean borderline is certainly much much more common. So is uh, narcissistic and histrionic, but you know these cases of you know serial killers here or there. You see how rare they are. Those are those are really extreme cases. Um, I just wanted to draw attention one to another personality disorder because you guys like the personality disorders uh, as do I. Um, again, I've, I, I've diagnosed this, uh, multiple times as well as conduct disorder and, you know, saw the writings on the wall and I, I, same with Julie, I've worked with kids and I've looked into people's eyes and you see something that is indescribable. Um, that's why behavioral observations are such a crucial part of diagnostics and, um, you feel the energy that these individuals, uh, can emit. So... Until next time, uh, feel free to continue to reach out to me. If I, if I haven't gotten back to you, I will do my best. Um, uh, what do we got? Okay, uh, Psychology Today 
You can get a hold of me through Psychology Unplugged at Outlook.com. You can follow us on Instagram at psychology underscore unplugged underscore. And you can even contact me directly, 617-750-9411, East Coast Standard Time in the United States. Um, There's my direct number. So uh, much appreciation to everybody who follows us. And uh, we thank you. And I will talk to you guys next week. All right. Be well. Bye.